somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Nostradamus. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. We don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Still to come, sketch comedy from real Adam Rose and the real Officer Tatum. We'll also take a prescription for a healthy new year from Dr. Laura Purdy. And the down-to-earth grit and grinning of independent musician Ruthie Kraft, along with the Simon Desk Weekend. All before we're done. And now, from Times Square, where we offer a worldwide guarantee to have the fewest cutaways to Taylor Swift, our cherished mother, than any show on television, here's the... But you know what I don't get is everybody's talking about the scowl on her face. But did you notice here? She's got the camera pointed at her. Like, what is she going to use that picture for? Is it going to be in one of her next videos? <laughs> I don't want to know. Anyway, let's get to the news. For Assignment Desk Weekend, I'm Kevin McCullough. Congress has canceled President Biden's EV expansion plan he had tentatively struck with the Chinese. In striking the deal with China, Biden evidently, in Congress's opinion, negotiated a bridge too far when promising that only Chinese parts would be used in the uh, expansion of the charging stations coming to the U.S. But even Democrats in Congress also thought that the pledge to give all of our newborns in America Chinese names and pledge allegiance to President Xi might just be something that the American people aren't ready for just yet. And it was a bad week for people named Biden. First off, it is clear that either the president is getting worse at his fiction writing or he's just given up on anything resembling reality. I've spent more time in... Uh the uh, Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware, than I have, uh, than most people I know, black or white, have spent in that church. So he spent more time in one of America's most historic black churches, uh, more than the African-Americans who worship there week after week. <laughs> What's he going to say next? That he started the civil rights movement or something? That's why I started. So, no, I'm serious. I started the civil rights movement. Well, to never let anyone outdo him, not to even let himself outdo himself, he decided he would close that discussion with just a bunch of gibberish. And I go to 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock service with the reverend who was then running the church, is now the bishop, she's a bishop, and I'm told your bishop had been there before in South Africa. Okay. Um, but that was a cakewalk compared to what his son Hunter had to deal with this week. Uh, you know, he decided to just drop in on the congressional committee that was uh, having his contempt of Congress hearing. I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? How crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? <laughs> Speaking of people smoking crack, 
a new poll has been produced saying that there is a new dark horse in the Iowa caucuses this next week. Uh, the poll projecting Nikki Haley as such now has her at 20% of the expected vote, which I guess if only one out of five votes makes you the dark horse, I'm the dark horse for man of the year in my own house. One out of five people, anyway. Hillary Clinton is in some hot water. She is evidently uh, very uninspiring in class in her lectures at Columbia University. In fact, the students that have complained uh, about taking her class say that she's uh, reading her memoir word for word for the length of the class. Wait, this update just in. The complaining students have also not been seen since filing the official complaints with the university. Molly Sims, the famous Sports Illustrated swimsuit model of years past, was forced this week to admit that she has deep affection for Taylor Swift. Uh, she figured the world would find out anyway when she was spotted uh, being perp-walked in cuffs away from the bushes outside of uh, Taylor's residence where she had been hiding, waiting for the pop star to arrive. Speaking of Swift, and finally, Lake Crusade Cookware is apologizing for using an AI-generated Taylor Swift to help push a contest to give away their, their cookware. The ad using Taylor's voice has been removed from the social media platforms like Facebook and uh, like Facebook and Twitter. Calf, calf, calf over here. It's, it's Taylor. Oh, Listen, don't worry about this story. I know there's, there's a lot of things floating on the internet's about me right now, but almost none of them are true, including this one. There's no AI of me. Oh. I'm the mastermind. Well, that's true. Don't ever, don't ever doubt, mother. I, I, are, are you sure? Because I, I wasn't doubting. I just, are you sure you don't want me to do the story because in defending your honor here? Yes, I'm totally sure. And trust me, if there had been some sort of hologram or AI that I could have used to pull off the Eras tour, I would have. <laughs> Who wanted to work all those dates uh, back to back? Anyway, just trust me. Uh, mother's all good. All right. Well, that's 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 good to know. I'm glad to know it. Oh yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> I bet you think about me. Okay, that's a weird way to end. For assignment desk weekend, I'm Calvin McCullough. Goodbye to a loved one is a beautiful, difficult thing. I do believe we will be together again. At Sunset House, we care for the spiritual, emotional, and physical needs of our clients. I appreciate everything you've done to support the kids in the event. I really don't want to go in there. The grieving process takes time, but you will be okay. In this place, this home. Jack, no more surgeries. Please, do not give up. I'm not afraid to go home. Couldn't have stayed in my home without him. I love it when family takes care of each other. He's not dating anyone. Okay. What about death frightened you? The judgments? What if God is waiting for you with open arms? Charlene. Hi, Mom. The doctors say, I'm not here for a long time, but I'm here for a good time. Eating you 
Your oncologist is George Strait. I love Psalm 62.8. God wants us to pour out our hearts to him. Lord, I want to live big. What a beautiful life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Senior Living, our residents feel right at home. Our vibrant facility offers delightful activities and outings, round-the-clock professional care, and exquisite house-made meals. Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. But I've been eating all, all Italian food, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. White House Senior Living, where residents feel like presidents. Black liberal. Of course, I'm a vote for the Democrats, although they've done nothing for black people. I'm a black liberal. Although I'm the CEO of a seven figure company, of course, I'm a victim. I'm a black liberal. I hate racism, except if it's against the Jews. Free Palestine. I'm a black liberal. Now, I know growing up in the hood that all the people selling drugs are black and all the crime is black on black violence. Of course, it's the white man's fault, though. I'm a black liberal. Although I've done my research and more white people are in poverty, more white people are on food stamps, more white people get killed by police, twice as many white people. But white privilege is definitely real. I'm a black liberal with no evidence whatsoever. Of course I think the cops are gonna kill me for no reason. I'm a black liberal. Although I'm married to a white woman, of course the white man is the enemy. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. My next guest has been with us on a couple of occasions in the year 2023, but because you know, I like to delve into wellness and how you can, how I can help facilitate for you a better plan to stay well, particularly in the new year. I thought it'd be fun to have her back right here towards the beginning of 2024. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome back Dr. Laura Purdy of America's Hello, Laura. Hey, everybody. Hey, Happy New Year. 
I'm embarrassed to say we're almost halfway through January. Isn't that I crazy? Don't, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Where, where'd the month go? Like I was thinking that this uh, this week actually. Well, let's let's start there for a second because when I bring you on, I'm I'm kind of the patient representing everybody that's listening. Um, I felt like 2023 was a shotgun blast that just never let up. And and specifically when we got to the holidays, I've got three young'uns under 13. We like to put the lights up. We like to watch Christmas movies. We like to go slow. And I blinked and the tree was down and I still haven't taken my lights down on the outside, much to the chagrin of my bride. Um, but <laughs> where did the whole year go? And how healthy is that if we're just like, and it's done? Where did the year go? Well, that's two questions, right? Number one, yeah. where did the year go? Where did the year go? I feel like, ask my attorney if you want to know where the year <laughs> If you want to know, ask one of my five attorneys if you want to know where the year went. Okay. And, but, but is it healthy for it to go that fast? Well, you know what? It can be unhealthy for the year to pass that quickly because when things are moving so fast, it can be hard to take care of. Hi, you know what my New Year's, I'm going to tell you a secret. What are my New Year's resolutions for this year? Uh, to eat, to sleep, to have personal daily hygiene. Drink some water, I'm assuming. And some water and some water. Yeah, just basic <laughs> needs, right? Because I feel like for me, when things are moving that fast and we're reacting, we're spending our lives just reacting to all of it. Work, kids, like just react, 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 react. It can be hard to do those things, but if we don't take care of the one body, you get one, right? Like, this is it. I got this one. And um, and this one's probably at least halfway done, right? Yeah. So we have to take care of ourselves. And if we don't, then we can't do anything else that we're being asked to do. Well, this was kind of punched home for me just before uh, the formal Christmas holiday because one of my people that I work with um, – He's one of my advertisers, but he lives in another part of the country, um, called and said, or no, I had not heard from him and I needed to touch base with him. And I said, hey, what's going on? And he goes, hey, sorry, I haven't been, I gotten back to you. I'm at the hospital. I had a heart attack. Uh, I should be going home tomorrow. I'm feeling better. But, and it like, and he's, he's not that much older than me, like just a couple of three years. And so I was like, wow, I've entered that stage now where um, I need to be paying attention to things. And just last week I was following up with him and he was saying, yeah, he goes, you know, medications will probably be a part of my life now permanently because I didn't take care of things on an earlier basis and the stress level was too much. And, th and that's what you're talking about, right? That we, if, if, we're, if we're all guns blazing all the time, there's no time to exhale and to even do the evaluation of, am I in the kind of physical condition that I want to be by, you know, the middle of the year? We have to. I mean, slowing down, I mean, how ironic does it sound or contradictory to say slow down in the midst of the chaos? But I, but I do find that we can be more productive, right? Like you can be more productive because by taking care of your body, by taking care of your family, of your time, of whatever that means for you, right? Because it means different things for different people, right. but not neglecting those basic needs, right? Um, it really causes you to run on very low resources and that's what degrades away at our wellness, I think. Yeah. If you're just joining us, she's Dr. Laura Purdy. Uh, her organization is called America's Favorite Doctor, and she does a great job. 
in a field that is still relatively new, even though it's been around. I mean, I remember hearing about the word telemedicine, I think back in the 1990s initially, where doctors were, you know, would you could call somewhere and literally use a telephone to get some diagnosis. But you guys have taken it to a whole nother level. Laura, for people that have not been with us the last couple of times you've been on, just explain how it works. Sure. Well, it works a lot like you would think that it works. So you are in a different physical location from your doctor. Um, and this is, and caveat of this is for like, not that serious things like the everyday illnesses that you used to have to drop everything and spend your whole day at the doctor's office and take your kids out of school. That's the type of stuff we're talking about. This is not like hospital emergency, like please leave right, that. Right, right, right. But for those low-level things, instead of disrupting your daily life and taking you away from your responsibilities for the day, telemedicine allows you to keep moving with your life, but then get yourself taken care of. Mm. Um, that's actually what I think most people did before is they would say, I can't or I don't have time, and they would just go. So you can actually use your phone. You can actually use your phone to text and pictures. We can call. We can video and by discussing and learning about your symptoms that way, we can either help you get a prescription or we can help you, you know, get a lab. And now we're starting to develop relationships with people all across the country who have real clinics. Like, and what I mean when I say real is like with doors that you can walk into. The brick and mortar, right. Mm -hmm, brick and mortar clinics where you can get some in-person services too, but at the same quality and level of service that you would get in our online clinic, you can get in person too. So I want to talk about that phenomenon because yeah. you mentioned a couple of times there about losing a whole day to go to the doctor. And I, I know specifically for me that there have been times when I have specifically said, I don't have time to get to the doctor today. I know that I've got a little bit of bronchitis or whatever. I'm just going to tough it out. I'm going to take some extra vitamin C. I'm going to do whatever, you know, like my little homeopathic thing. And then many times in the past, I would end up having to break down and spend a day at the doctor anyway, because I didn't do what was necessary to yeah. really uh, fix the problem. So in that regard, um, this has got to be an asset for people to be able to say, I get to reclaim time, which for me is more valuable than money these days. Time is, is more meaningful to me because my kids are only going to be the age that they're at now for so long. I've only got so many hours in the day. Uh, I've got to prioritize everything I do. But to be able to do that and simultaneously to telemedicine's rise, you've seen the emergence of the urgent care clinic kind of across the country where people say, I don't have time to schedule an appointment at the doctor. I'm just going to drop in at the urgent care. Um, is this Is this the is this for more or less the world that we're stuck with in the days to come? Are we not going to have like primary care physicians anymore? We will. We will have primary care physicians, but I do think that we need to be reimagining what that means. Just like we used, I mean, imagine back in the day when we started using credit cards and debit cards and moved away from just checks and money. There were probably people at that time who said, are we going to use banks anymore? Right? Like, mm. would we even? Um, but the answer is yes. I think there's room. What the technology and what the innovation allows us to do is be better stewards of our resources. We're still going to have things we're going to have to go do in person, but we can we can start to divide it a little bit better and say, this is what we do in person. This is what we do online. And this is how we do more with what we have rather than trying to create more. Ready or not, we'll be right back. 
Back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Welcome back. Final few minutes with Dr. Laura Purdy and uh, America's favorite doctor. Uh, appreciate her time. She's very busy. Uh, and she took, takes some time out to talk with us about all of this, and I'm very, very grateful. Um, Laura, one of the things that I think my listeners always kind of and viewers love to, like, sink their teeth into are practical things. And there may be, you know, we all come out of the holidays. We probably lived, if you were like us, we went a little too fast. Um, my bride pulled out the sugar and the flour and the chocolate and made candy and cookies that she doesn't make the whole rest of the year. And I probably ate too many of those. Okay. And we're we're now thinking in January about, you know, the, the tough schedules that we've got and getting into, you know, the bulk of the year. We want to live healthy. We want to, yeah, we enjoyed our time during the holidays, but now we want to do something that's practical and good for us. What's a, What's a prescription that will give us the type of year that we want 2024 to be? Okay. Well, 2024. So I would break it down like this. This is a year of taking responsibility for ourselves. And I'm committed to doing this too. So how do we take responsibility for ourselves, our lives, our actions? Because I feel like we can, can, we can, to some extent, control what happens to us tomorrow if we take control of what's going on with us today. So the way that you can set yourself up for success this year is just, I feel like getting back to the basics. So the first thing is do what you need to do to allow your body to get the sleep that it's requesting of you. <laughs> and I know, I know, because if I just say, go get more sleep, then people are going to say, you don't understand. You don't know my life. I have so many kids. Listen, I have four kids. Oh, <laughs> baby, guess what? Done that four times. Like I- I'm saying this from a place of I understand the, the gravity empathy. of what you're saying right now. Yes. Of empathy. Commit to doing what you need to do to get yourself the amount of sleep that your body is asking for. Hmm. Does it mean you like go to sleep with your baby at five o'clock in the afternoon, <clears throat> Eleanor? Like, because that's when they go to sleep? Maybe, but commit to that because your body is demanding sleep from you for a reason. It needs it. Number two, right? I would say um, commit to agreeing with your body on how much and what it wants you to eat. Because if you, if you list, cause a lot of people say, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight or I need to eat healthier. I need to lose weight. I need to do this. I need to do that. I guess the common theme in my prescription is listen to yourself, right? Cause, cause you have the ability to know what you need, right? Take responsibility. So if you feel like you need to eat less, then that's what you need to do. If you feel like you need to eat healthier, then that's what you need to do. Um, I will tell you something funny. I'll tell you something funny. I decided that I was going to eat better this year. And so I started eating a lot of vegetables and everybody who knows me is thinking, what is she talking about? Vegetables. But what I learned is that I can't just eat vegetables because I have such a busy life. I need cookies too. So (laughs) yes, I'm going to eat more vegetables, but I'm not going to stop eating cookies because I'm starving all the time if I stop the cookies. Mm. Because, But that's what my body needs. And so I challenge you in my prescription for this year to listen to how much and what kind of food your body's requesting from you and just start giving yourself what you're asking for. And then the third thing, the third thing is invest into your relationships with the people around you. Hmm. 
And what you will find is that it will add a level of joy and satisfaction and fun and excitement in your life that makes everything that's hard or uncomfortable or difficult so much better. And you might find that you join a gym with your friends or you take up a hobby with your friends. But whatever you need to do, if you do it with other people, especially other people who you love and love you, then life wellness i mean that is wellness right yeah. loving and living a happy healthy life well and we're social beings i mean if you believe in god or not um i and i do i believe that he made us with very <laughs> unique kind of tangible um you know attributes and one of them is that that we were born to be in community with other people. And yeah. uh, that means even if you're a recluse, it's still good for you to come out of your cave from time to time and say hi to someone. Um, and if you're a social person, you already kind of know the the need that your own body and mind and life kind of say. Well, um, this has been very, very helpful. Now, if people, if, if there are physicians listening and they want to be involved with your organization, or if there are people that are saying, you know what, I really like what uh, Dr. Purdy was talking about. I want to get started with America's Favorite Doctor. Where do they go? How do they sign up? What do they do? I'll keep it simple for you. Instagram right now is the best place to find us at America's Favorite Doctor. We post content almost every day. We monitor the questions, you know, what are the DMs, I guess. And so if you want to comment, want to send a question, just want to say, hey, we love it when people just like, just say, hey, while <laughs> you on the Kevin show, we're like, awesome, welcome. You know, so. it's that, it's that Southern it. hospitality thing that you just can't, you can take the girl out of the South, but you can't take the <laughs> South out of the girl. Correct. Ready or not. broadcast in the past, but never appeared on That Kevin Show since we have uh, changed the uh, the look around here. And I'm very, very excited to welcome her back. She's a talented singer and songwriter with a story that I think a lot of people can relate to, and she tries to be relatable in what she does. You've already heard from her once tonight with The Candy Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome Ruthie Kraft. How's it going? Good to see you again. And you as well. And you're joining us from Austin tonight. We're so glad to uh, be able to have you. Um, I was reviewing your your biography and kind of going back through your story. And I think I learned some stuff that I, I didn't even know about the first time that we spoke. But you're you're uh, this time a year ago, Lindsay L. sat in your chair. And as a burgeoning country music star from Canada who hosts uh, Canada's Got Talent, um, she kind of let us in on, you know, kind of the the insider track of what the country music scene's about. You're very much an independent artist who came at this from a very independent path. Tell my people a little bit about how you got into music. Yeah, that's always a fun question because it's not it's not a straight line. It's a lot of this and it's a lot of doubling back and twists and turns. But um, I mean, I've I've always loved singing around the house and everything. I would sing with my sisters. We'd make up musicals and stuff. Um, and then really fell in love with singing when I heard Adele for the first time when I was about thirteen. And then um, after some very interesting life 
twists and turns, um, some detours, you might say. I eventually, in about uh, 2018, I was like, we're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm not looking back. And it's been uh, very... Um, it, you know, it's been a, it's been an adventure since then. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then I quit my job as a dental assistant a little over a year ago. And that was like the final nail in the coffin. And I said, this is the last time I'm quitting a job. This is, I'm not going back. This is what I do now. Well, and I think too, if you talk to a lot of people that uh, become quite good at what they do, at some point there is that reality that you have to, you have to go all in on it. Um, but for someone who wasn't pursuing a record label or uh, kind of the traditional path, that had to be scary for you. Super scary. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, there are a lot of days I still don't really know what I'm doing. I'm very much learning on the job and enjoying it. But it's it's been really, really scary because, you know, you don't, you can't just go to college, go through courses, get a degree, and then go and look for a job with that resume. It's and everybody's journey is different. So there was no timeline. There was no blueprint for how I was supposed to do this. Um, it's been really rewarding. It's been a great learning process. It still is, and it will continue to be. I've worked with people um, on major labels and a lot of independent artists over the years. And um, the one thing that kind of cuts through all of them is the deep love for the hook, the lyric, the, uh, the beat, if you will. Um, what is it about music that speaks to you and what, what types of music do you feel most spoken to through? That's a great question. Um, what is it about music? There is a sense you get when expressing yourself through music that I personally haven't found its equal. Hmm. And I'm a very expressive person naturally, but there's something when I, when I sing and when I was, when I really started to learn and get, you know, pretty decent at it and I could, I don't, it's something runs, runs through you from the inside out, from the outside in. Um, and you can see it on the faces of people in the crowd and they're feeling it too. And you don't really know what it is, but you all know it's the same thing. We're all feeling the same thing. Um, but it is, it's indescribable. It's, it's, um, spiritual, I think. Like, I, I don't really know how else to describe it, but like the closest thing I've felt to that is a connection, my connection to God. Something you know? that God and, made you to do. He, he, he wired you specifically for it. Yeah. Um, Ruthiecraft.com, by the way, is where you go to uh, see everything about Ruthie. Um, music helped you overcome Tourette's. Take us down that story. Yeah. Um, so I still do have Tourette's. I just, I'm a little bit better at hiding it um, these days, but I was diagnosed when I was nine years old and, um, it was very, very challenging for me. I was already not a super popular kid. <laughs> um, and I had a hard time relating to other kids. I don't really know why, but I was diagnosed with that. And then I was like, Oh, cool. Um, this sucks. And I, it was difficult. I was, plagued by ticks all the time and I couldn't focus and I couldn't sit still. And when I sang, I noticed, I remember driving in the car. Um, my my biggest sister was driving and all five of us kids were in the car going to the movies or something. And I was in the back of the car singing along to some country song. And I go, guys, 
I don't have ticks when I sing. And it was like that hmm. realization that it, it was the only thing, only thing that just shut it off like a switch. When I sing, I cannot have ticks. My Tourette's doesn't exist. And after that, I was like, let's go. You know, it was, it was my therapy. And I just right. sang all the time, much to my family's chagrin because it got <laughs> annoying. But <laughs> It's either that or have the ticks. I'd, I'd encourage the singing as well. In fact, my uh, my eight-year-old loves to sing, so I want her to sing as much as she possibly oh, can. Oh, cool. Um, so you you write a lot in your in your music about the tough things that you've been through, and you've, you've, you're very, very young to have lived as much of life as you have. Um, talk to me about the the inspiration for you as a writer. What is it? Is it all as it comes to you or is there a discipline and a practice to it that you've learned to apply to the process? Yes, both. Um, in the early stages of writing, you're dependent very much on inspiration and that muse to show up whenever it wants to. And eventually you get to a point where you realize I'm going to run out of material if I don't just sit down and discipline myself. So I write a song every week. Now I'm part of a songwriting group. We hold each other accountable. Every week I write at least one song. They give me a prompt and I write about that. Well, we're going to uh, experience 19 when we come back from this next break. But Ruthie Kraft, welcome to the New Music Spotlight. Uh, both of your songs, uh, because they appear this week, will be eligible for Song of the Year at the end of this calendar year. So thank you for being here and thanks for being part of what we're doing. Thank you so much for having me back. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from Times Square. Ready or not, we'll be right back. again, Ruthie Kraft.
And a big thank you to everyone who makes every That Kevin Show possible, especially the Dream and Color Orchestra and my crew behind the scenes, all of our special guests, and even Ruthie Kraft. The song is called 19. Have a great week. <laughs>